the first person to, to pick up my call asked if I had prayed yet. And I just remember reeling back from the phone and looking at it with disgust. I was appalled. How could I called for help? And you told me I need to pray. I was like, this is just appalling. How could you? I'm, I'm calling you because I need you to save my life. But I'll tell you this much. I was desperate. I had the gift of desperation and I sent a prayer out. I said, I need someone to help me. I said, I'm looking for someone to get me into a fellowship. And the next person who called me back um, said that they would, they would take me through this program. Why sober is dope? Why not? Why not? Why not be great? Why not set an example? You sober curious? Come on board. If you're struggling, don't be afraid. Fear's not an option. We want transformation. We want people to live. If you're sober-minded, then you're clear-headed. You're closer to the source. You're closer to the all. You're closer to a higher vibration. Why is sober is dope? Because sobriety is life. There's no fear. There's no anxiety. There's no depression. There's no running from your problems. It's facing your fears. Facing everything. No doubt. No going backwards. It's upward mobility. We moving forward. Let's time the man up. Okay, it's time the man up. Why sober is dope? Because sobriety is. It's the original panacea. You want to be healthy? You want to become a millionaire? You want to live your best life? And sometimes we have to make sacrifices. Everyone could talk a good game, but not many of us is willing to make a sacrifice. If you're struggling out there, don't be afraid. If you if you drugged out, there's hope. If you can't put that bottle down for some reason, it's hope. Why sober is dope? Because it is. It's life. And we promote life. We promote transformation and new beginnings. Yeah, let's get it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan, and today's episode is extremely powerful. I have two amazing guests today. We have Nicole Giovanna Johnson, who's the founder of Move, and Marissa O'Brien, who's the program coordinator for Weapon on the Move. These ladies, ladies and gentlemen, are so powerful, and this is a very impassioned episode, and I really enjoyed recording it. You're going to hear stuff on Move for Autism, Move for Harm Reduction, Move for Sobriety. They're going to talk about their programs and how they're giving back to the community. These are some fellow New Yorkers, so I'm extremely excited to really join forces with Nicole and Marissa. Right now, we're having a real conversation live, and I'm going to bring you guys in. What you're going to be hearing us is talking about Nicole's experience and what inspired her to create her organization and how leaving her brother when she was younger motivated her to create her organization. So let's go in live. We're going to join now. You bring you guys on the line. You're listening to the Sober is Dope podcast. Let's have some fun. He's 21 years old now. Uh, but Grant and I um, have such a relationship that when we parted at an early age, I moved to New York when I was 15, and he stayed in Miami, Florida, suburbs of Miami, Florida, where my family is from. When we parted and we separated because I came to New York to pursue entertainment and work in the industry, 
I had created a bit of a gap that I was always very disappointed in. And I would feel that sense of wanting to support my brother, but I wasn't there. So the organization is founded on the relationship of me and my brother, that concept of wanting to be your brother's keeper, your sister's keeper. Um, in hopes of supporting them, I utilize my art because I'm an, a dancer, singer, actress by trade. I brought together all of my friends in high school and we created the first move for autism was our first cause. And the idea was that you could utilize your art to address a social issue and bring light to that vulnerable community and engage your community to help them rise. And so the formula became pretty simple. Like you could move for autism, but you could also move for sobriety or move for harm reduction or move for cancer research. And the lovely Marissa comes to me, not only through the organization, but just as a friend, which is what MOVE tends to be more so of. It's a community of people who wanna support each other in, the, in their activism and in their uh, supporting other communities. So Marissa comes to me with her interest in harm reduction and in sobriety, um, but harm reduction particularly at the time. And you'll learn more about that as she tells her story. But that is where we connected because the formula for MOVE is that you can help anyone address a social issue that they're passionate about. So the idea was to give Marissa the power that I have to create her own move effort, which became move for harm reduction, um, maybe in 2000 and probably, what was it, 2013? Yeah, I think so. Pretty early. Um, but yeah, so the, the company has about 50 movers who are currently working in quarantine right now, but about uh, upwards of 600 movers who have graced the organization and visit in different capacities. And we just address social issues through things like spoken word, dance, singing, visual art, movies, any type of creative production, we give you the resources to address those issues and get it out to the community. So that's what MOVE is. Wow, that's excellent. Oh, congratulations and thank you. Um, Marissa, tell me how, tell me your experience with MOVE and the harm reduction aspect and how you met Nicole. So Nikki actually got it a little bit twisted. She came to me <laughs> At the time, I was the sick and suffering alcoholic in the depths of my active addiction. In hindsight, and in retrospect, I can see who Nikki is, Nicole is, as a person who um, extends a hand of support. And when you reach back, when you extend your hand back and grasp a hold of hers, that's when the partnership begins. But Nikki had picked me before move for harm reduction began she came to me with wow. an idea i think you i think you should have a move effort and wow. i did come up with the the concept for move for harm reduction because at the time i could not commit myself to sobriety i wanted it and i needed it but i was not willing to do it and therefore i came up with the idea that maybe there were others like me and maybe we could reduce the harm the risk associated with active addiction and substance abuse and things of that nature so i came up with move for harm reduction i am now five years sober as of june 15th congratulations thank you so much thank you so um so yeah i am a sober um mover but um, we, but but this this move for harm reduction idea originated from the concept that um, 
you don't need to be sober to help preserve your life and to help improve the quality of life. The ideal is, of course, sobriety. But if we're heading in that direction, then we're on the right path. That's incredible. So let me get this straight. You have people like myself. I, I'm, a, I'm, in, I'm a hip-hop artist. So I started, I do music, I rap, I do all of this stuff. When I was deep in my addiction, one, I gave up on my art form. And mm-hmm. I just was giving up on myself and no one ever really came to me. If I'm trying to figure this out. If you guys came to me and said, well, look, you're still in your addiction, you're still hurting, but there's still a way for you to express yourself in a positive setting, which could be a form of harm reduction, right? The more I'm creating, the more I'm expressing myself, being in a positive environment, maybe I'm using less, harming myself less. Um, so this is what you offer people. You give them an outlet to express themselves in a creative way, across all spectrums, whether it's recovery, whether it's um, other things. Um, that's incredible. That's incredible. So how, based on your student, how many people you have uh, that participates in this across the board, students and stuff? Uh, you call them students or participants? Or? Movers. Yes. Movers, yep. Movers, so, okay, yep, yep. And there's about 50 leading movers who are currently active in developing their own move efforts or leading something like Marissa is right now. But like I said, upwards of 600 people who have actively pursued either their own efforts or supported um, another person's effort in some sort of show, production, you know, film production, variety of other things. But then what's great is that movers are required or are encouraged to share their gifts and their ability to organize with students. So we have a, a Department of Education partnership where we enter the the schools at a very consistent rate. We have about, I'd say at least 18 school partners. So those students engage with with our programming throughout the year, whether it's through assemblies. And that could be a school of 2000, it could be a school of 4000, it could be a school of 500 people, middle school, high school, elementary, Um, they get a chance to meet a mover. And that started off essentially with when I developed the organization in my high school. That model is the same model that Marissa could go to a high school in the Bronx and spend time there and engage in programming inside the classrooms on the assembly stage, the multi-purpose room, um, inside inside an after-school program setting. Um, Basically, we enter in the school room and we seek to bring joy and motivation by helping the kids learn how to be activists that are creative. Excellent. Excellent. So Marissa, um, can you tell, hello? Yeah, yeah, we're there. All right, good, good. Can you tell me a little bit about WEPA and how that relationship, the WEPA on the move aspect and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. So WEPA, WEPA um, it's almost like, I guess, I don't know how Nicole, it, I remember this story that at, Reverend Addie Banks, the founder of, of WEPA told me is that, um, someone told Reverend Addie Banks, you need to meet Nicole Johnson. And someone told Nicole Johnson, you need to meet Reverend Addie Banks. And one way or another, they met each other. And I might be like, you know, mixing up some of the details, but eventually they met one another. And um, when I tell you that I see, it's a very strange sensation to feel like you see your best friend in someone else 
but I really see Nicole in this woman or this woman in Nicole. And uh, it's just amazing because they're very spiritual. They're very, um, they're very powerful uh, forces of, of human nature. And um, they're the way that they, uh, uh, the, the, the way that they articulate things, their, their oration skills are very similar and it's just hilarious. So um, when Nicole introduced me to uh, Reverend Daddy Banks, I felt this immediate sense of a connection with her uh, by the end of our dinner we were telling each other I love you so much she was like you're the new member of our team um so basically uh, it just worked out so well because all of their intent their intention aligns with my with my purpose as a human being and as a mover so we created WEPA on the move which is which employs movers as WEPA rep representatives um we use what we our education in harm reduction to create um and to pr uh, uh produce uh cr a creative outlet which is uh what we're what we're essentially doing is we're giving people a choice I never had a choice. It was um, in college, I remember having to pick be between the party where there was drugs and alcohol and pick between sitting in my room alone, right? I remember that. I remember that also in, from high school and even in middle school. What we do is we provide an alternative choice to drinking and drugging that, uh, that is creative, artistic, fun, exciting. It, cre it, 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 it engages, engages people in fellowship. And, um, you know, originally we were supposed to be um, engaging with students in person in classes, but uh, given the regulations set in place by COVID-19, uh, we had to modify this curriculum. And what we decided was that we were gonna do something virtual. And um, we started with 24 followers. Currently our Instagram has almost 700. I'm, I'm making my way up there. I'm hoping by Monday we hit 700, but um, we really just began a couple weeks or months ago. Um, so we're growing and um, it's all really exciting. Uh, one quick thing I want to share is that WEPA is an organization, much like MOVE, that calls me and says, how do you feel about your work? Do you enjoy what you're doing? What can we wow. do to improve how you feel about what you're doing? And I have been a professional for, for years. I can't remember a single instance in which, in which this has happened to me. And it is a very um, family-like setting where I feel cared for and I feel heard. And, I, and I, I feel that it brings out a lot of really good characteristics in myself that allows them to flourish. Uh, wow, that's so amazing. And uh, Nicole, can you tell me a little bit about Reverend is Addy Banks? Mm -hmm. Addy. Addy, yes. Can, can, I saw her online. So tell me a little bit about her and what you know about her creation of Wepper and the mission. Yeah, of course. So yeah, WEPA, and just if we haven't mentioned it, it's We Engage in Prevention Awareness. Um, Reverend Addy Banks is also the founder of Groundswell, uh, Groundswell is an organization that uh, engages in a variety of, I would say, activities and programs that help people to activate their spirituality to forward their communities in several ways. And WEPA is an extension, essentially a program or an initiative of Groundswell. We met when I worked for the mayor's office. Um, I worked for the mayor's office for about three years in a variety of different departments. And I was working for the Department of Health in particular on an initiative around substance use and misuse, particularly for the LGBTQ youth community, how to engage in prevention. 
And I just happened to be at a training. It was like a training that I was not supposed to go to, uh, but I happened to like be in the room and was available to stop in that morning. And her husband, not at the time, but her current husband now, essentially like they've gotten married in that time, um, was in the room and someone said, I think you guys should know each other. And so we sat next to each other and spoke and recognized that there was clearly a connection, um, like a very God-driven connection that we both appreciated. He had also heard about me from other people in the room. So there was this sense of like, you should know this person because you should know this person. And so yes. it's slowly throughout, and that's very much the relationships that I have in New York across the board, is that I'm originally from Florida, but people did a great job of being like, someone who aligns with Nicole should know Nicole because she's looking for people who are interested in being supported or are in need, are interested in partnering in some way. And so it happened over the course of several dinners. I eventually met Addie, uh, Reverend Banks, um, over dinner when I went over to their house. And it's so interesting, you know, sometimes you just kind of leap on faith. And I say, you know, I feel like there is something in this relationship and just opening the door and already knowing her in a way, she's very much a combination of both of my grandmothers. And oh, wow. we, we sat down and had dinner for the first time and just talked about our values and our hopes for the world. And immediately they were like, this is it. So what was beautiful was about a year later, or maybe not even, maybe six or seven months later, they attended our gala, which was our 10 year gala of celebration, celebrating move and all the movers. And you could just tell that it was a night where my entire life in New York came together. Uh, Marissa had her testimony about harm reduction and sobriety. A uh, variety of my movers shared their experience with the organization and Reverend Addie Banks and her husband, Phil, were in the audience. And they took on the challenge to say, we'd like to enter into a contract with MOVE in the new year. And that is what WEPA on the MOVE became. It's one of our largest contracts and is growing in such a way that I'm able to employ several movers. There's been at least six movers during quarantine who have gotten paid through WEPA. And I'm serving more as an agency where I take a mover who understands the culture of MOVE and the way that you utilize your, your, your spark to bring joy and motivation. And I employ them through a contract like the Department of Education or a contract like the one with WEPA or a variety of the other organizations that are just in need of a mover. Oh, my goodness. That's excellent. You guys are doing so much. And um, wow. So one thing I keep hearing as a theme, especially um, is God. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that's uh, for the Sober's Dope podcast. That's one of my central themes, because without God, I mean, I'll tell you guys, I was walking about seven and a half years ago. I was walking in the middle of Brooklyn, totally broken, lost my whole real estate empire, everything, lost the girl, lost everything. And I broke down in the middle of the street and started crying and gave my life back to God. And that was the origin point of my story. And I just felt like everything God told me from that point on, I just kept following. And we're here almost eight years later and I have my sobriety. So it's, uh, it was good to have fellowship amongst even people that I'm interviewing. Um, you know, you with Dr. Addy, your story, Marissa, um, God is a central focus. And do you guys incorporate spirituality and God in the theme of weapon on the move and with the students? Is that part of the, the central theme? Is that incorporated in any way? Nicole, so I think it's more like we use, we use, um, our, um, 
we use our relationship with a higher power to fuel our work. Um, we have not introduced it to students. Um, it is more something that is, if it's an introduction to us from a student, we openly discuss this, our faith. Got it, got um, it. But it is incorporated into our work in sort of an undertone as the motivation behind our actions. Um, for myself, also as a recovering addict and alcoholic, um, God has become the central part of my life and of my recovery. Um, I, I don't know. It's almost crazy to hear myself say that because I was um, a completely, uh, not even just um, uh, atheist, but a complete agnostic where it was, um, it would, God didn't exist. It was not a possibility. And today I, um, I engage in daily prayer um, and maintain a conscious contact with a higher power all throughout my life. Uh, my current life. So um, that being said, um, I, I, I love when I love when the topic of, of God is brought to, brought up in conversation, but it is not the some, something that I introduce myself as to um, it's a, just being a previous agnostic atheist, whatever you want to call it. I, um, I can see that it, how it can be a, a bit of a turnoff or something that I could be aversive to. So I, I tried to, but we do discuss this in our, in our meetings with one another. Our weapon meetings are um, often centered around certain topics that relate to God. You said something incredible. You said that, you know, the, being in touch with a higher power sparks everything. So that's excellent. Marissa, I'm extremely interested in hearing a little bit more about your story, mainly because the Sober Dope podcast has over probably, I don't know, thousands of listeners, right? And I think everyone's story and recovery journey helps um, someone who may still be struggling. So for can we just talk about that in a minute? Like, well, you know, briefly your journey, how did you find your recovery, you know, maybe your drug of choice. I mean, you mentioned it briefly earlier, but I'm interested in your story. You seem extremely passionate. And, um, and I think your story in general could help so many people. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I come from a long line of alcoholics and drug addicts. Um, I did not grow up with this long line um, of drug addicts and alcoholics, um, which leads me to believe that I was born this way. Um, from the time that I, my drug of choice was alcohol, but um, I'm what we would call a garbage head. And if you gave me something, I would take it and ask questions later. That's how I functioned. I wanted to be removed from myself. I sought escape through anything and everything that I could get my hands on. Um, so I, um, from the time I picked up a drink, I was, I had no off switch. I, and I, I experienced a craving very early on, which is, um, what I've described to like what we call, um, what my group of friends call like um, civilians or um, earthlings, uh, people who are normal drinkers. We yes. refer to it as like an itch you cannot scratch. Like yes, you scratch absolutely. and scratch and it doesn't go away. Correct. And no matter how much, how many drugs or how much alcohol I would intake, that craving was never satiated. It was never satisfied. Um, so I was essentially unstoppable. Um, very briefly, um, I got to the point where suicide was an option. Um, I welcomed the idea of death. I was very uncomfortable. I could not see my life with continuing the way it was going, but I could not figure out how other people lived without getting obliterated constantly. Um, at this point, I actually had reached out to Nicole and I said, Nicole, are you, um, do you 
feel lonely all the time. I wanted to know if that was a normal thing. I said, do you feel this empty hole inside of your heart constantly? She said, no, I have God. And uh, that's, that's what fills that void for me. And it was um, the first time in which I had really considered the idea that maybe this was something I needed, that maybe the hole inside me was God-shaped hole. Um, so I proceeded to um, put down alcohol for two and a half years. I figured this is my drug of choice. If I'm free from my drug of choice, my, my quality of life will improve um, and per perhaps I'll, I'll uh, enjoy life more. Um, so that being said, I put down alcohol and I picked up a lot of other substances and I re quickly realized um, over the course of two and a half years that I had no control over mood or mind altering substances. And I, I, um, it took me a while to even realize that um, I had, I really thought I was like recovering just because I wasn't drinking alcohol, which is almost laughable at this point. I would tell people I was in recovery, but really what I had just done was substituted one substance for another. Understood. And yeah, and at the end of it all, I was, um, I was, I graduated from college and I, um, I picked up a drink again because I had nothing. I had no other solution. Alcohol and drugs had been my solution and I lost my solution and I had nothing else. I had no higher power. I had no, you know, nothing. Um, so I picked up a drink again and, um, it was like, you know, they say when you're recovering your diseases in the parking lot doing push-ups, and mine mm -hmm. certainly was because I was instantly catapulted back to the back into this like this um this very, very dark place, even darker than it had been for the past two and a half years. So at that point, I basically hit my knees. I became willing to go to any lengths um to recover. I went through my phone and I started calling people who I knew were in recovery. The first person to, to pick up my call asked if I had prayed yet. And I just remember reeling back from the phone and looking at it with disgust. I was appalled. How could so I called for help? And you told me I need to pray. I was like, this is just appalling. How could you? I'm, I'm calling you because I need you to save my life. But I'll tell you this much. I was desperate. I had the gift of desperation and I sent a prayer out. I said, I need someone to help me. I said, I'm looking for someone to get me into a fellowship. And the next person who called me back um, said that they would, they would take me through this program. So from that day on, from, um, I think I said June 15th, but that's because it, my first, uh, when I stopped drinking was uh, the 15th of the month, but now my complete sober date is June 16th, 2015. And since that day, uh, I have not had a drink or a drug. Um, I have been working a 12-step program. Um, it is, um, I, I engage in service regularly, um, daily prayer, meditation. Um, I, work, um, I work these 12 steps daily um, and I, I speak to other people, um, other recovering alcoholics and addicts who are in the same program that I am in. Um, I do things like WEPA and MOVE where I'm of service, not just inside the rooms of this fellowship, but outside of the rooms. Um, it basically has become a way of life for me. I have not given anything up to this. It is not, uh, I have not had to give anything up. I've only gained. Um, it has become a way of life, not my life. Um, I was very concerned in the beginning that this would become my life and I would have nothing outside of this. But the truth is it became a way of life and opened up so much more that I could live, um, so much more opportunities to live. And um, yeah, today, you know, my mother had an order of protection.
protection against me when I was an active alcoholic. And today she is my best friend and I am wow. her caretaker. Amen. Um, uh, you know, my, my grandmother, I made an amends to her shortly before she passed. Um, and I fed her through a feeding tube when I wasn't even able to show up for Thanksgivings because I would sleep drunk through the entire duration of our family gatherings. Um, I have become employable. I am a woman of honor and dignity. I have true meaningful friendships for which I show up for. Um, I, I am, um, I am honest. I'm happy to say I haven't been arrested in five years. Amen. I haven't Amen. woken up in handcuffs. I haven't woken up in a hospital bed. Likewise. I, <laughs> like it's just an amazing life. And I've read, I've read that um, this is what we call the fourth dimension of existence. And I scoffed at it five years ago, but today I understand that statement. And I find myself speaking that way about my life today. Oh my God, Marissa, your testimony and story is going to help millions of people. I think <laughs> I think you're a star and um, I swear. Star. I, <laughs> she yeah, always she, says that to me. Yeah, yeah, you're a star. I swear, I, I could feel it. Like there's a supernatural presence in your testimony and how far you've come. And mm -hmm. that's a blessing because believe it or not, I was really, you're talking about this space that we go to as addicts where we feel abandoned, mm -hmm. betray betrayed, alone, desperate, no more doors is open. The only other logical thought is either suicide or continuing to create damage. Not because we don't want the help. It's because we feel like we went, we went so far that no help will be available to us or the get transforming is more, almost an impossibility. Um, and that darkness is what keeps so many people locked into addiction. And we broke through and got to the other side and that's how and where the healing starts so i want to say to you that you're a miracle because there's millions of people who just can't get past that darkness past that bridge that's why we're called to share our testimonies and how god i tell people if you don't want to believe in god maybe the universe or something greater mm -hmm. than you maybe the, you know, the spirit the ancestors help intercede in our lives and help transform us so we can help other people. And, um, and I see that you're slightly tearing up. I can see your passion. I can see, you know, everything. And I just feel it. I felt it today, you know, um, and I just think you should go on a big stage. I think you should go national and right. continue. You have that appeal to, you could say you was put here to save millions of people. All right. So keep up the good work. And when you feel alone, right, we do this every day. We're always fighting, right? It doesn't stop because we had a good day. Some days we wake up and go, oh man, I'm back. I got to start. I got to really do the work. So you're not alone. You always have a friend in me. I was right where you were at. I was, you know, I have the scars still for mm -hmm. all the times I try to hurt myself. And, and it's usually the best people in the world, right? And, you know, people think the stigma of addiction is like it's something wrong and you're this damaged person. And it's like, no, we was exposed to something that was toxic and poisonous to us. We have an, an innate addiction. And we was we got trapped, and and many people feel that way. So the fact that we're fighting, right, and we we got to the other side, and we're still on the other side, I think we're gonna do so much. And so God bless you, one, and thank you. Your your testimony is gonna thank save you. millions of people just alone. Now, Nicole, you're an angelic. You're angelic, Nicole. So the universe sends us Nicole, and people like you who are just totally altruistic, loving, self selfless. And 
and those are all the God traits that help, right? So Nicole, um, God bless you and your brother. And I think that you, that being one of the catalysts for you to want to share the move, the movement, the move with everyone, that's incredible. And I just want to ask you, if you had a message for, you know, the recovery community, what would that sound like? What, what would that be? Because so many people need to hear, um, we could use the guidance. You're like um, our new, what we call mother. Like, you're right, right? <laughs> they, the world has Charlemagne the God. I think we got Nicole, right? So Nicole. Oh, I love it. I love that. <laughs> so Nicole, what advice can you give to the recovery community? Anyone that may be still struggling? Of course. You know, I think I would say you are so worthy and you are as you are, just exactly as you are, the most important person, in my opinion. It's a very interesting thing that comes to my head. Like I thought about it when you asked the question, I was like, what, what is it? And I said the first thing that came off my head. If I don't tell Marissa the truth, I'm saying like the most important person, it's not a comparison to anyone else, but Marissa in my head is the most important person. She is extremely worthy. And when I tell her that consistently and I call her a star, she literally steps into that position and does some phenomenal work for so many people. Um, that would be like the message. I'd say if you can ingest that and believe that your value and your beautifully designed you know, ability and everything that you've been gifted will become, it'll manifest. It'll become something that helps the world and at the same time you'll ascend too and you'll whatever it is that you're in right now is so critical and necessary for you to do that ascension so i think the worthy part is that thing of like man i'm a, you know i've gone through these things i don't know personally if worthiness is a is a is an issue but i can imagine that worthiness would feel like an issue when you're navigating substance use and misuse and so if I can tell you that you are worthy, if I am that special person that can tell you and you believe it, then I'm sure that you're on your way to ascension and you have to believe the worthiness. Otherwise you'll sit in the, you'll sit in it and never find any sense of like wholeness or you'll always find this like thing to say something bad about yourself. Um, and so that's what I would say is that you are the most important person. That's it. No, no, and then you are extremely worthy and that's why i tell marissa and it's so true i'm not lying but i will say that same thing to another person who is navigating substance use or misuse or any other uh social issue that they might be engaging in um and i'll say that same thing and i'll mean it i don't know how that actually sums up in the end of it honestly but i'm i know that 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 sentence is definitive Ab absolutely thank you so much and you're worthy also and um thank you now um nicole i want to ask you a question that may be a little off topic right but it's, it's worthy because you know right now the current climate we're in with the racial tensions and stuff like that i know for a fact you're passionate about it marissa's passionate about it we was talking about it um do you have a message overall to maybe kids and stuff who feel kind of like marginalized because of what they see on the media and how, you know, the world handles race relations and 
Um, do you have any advice to any uh, kid or anyone that's young that may feel like they're alone and that may fuel their addiction and just mm -hmm. anything there? Because right now the country's in upheaval and, you know, we have this election coming up and we have all of these things and we're bringing together this beautiful rainbow body through recovery, love and healing. And then it's still somehow this little disconnect there between race and, and I know you're passionate about it. I'm passionate about it. Marissa's passionate about it. And any advice to anyone who may be uncertain or feeling displaced? For sure. I think there's this sense of needing to make sure that you're engaged with people who are in within the same mindset around being active at this time. There's no way that you can sit inside your home and not engage with people um, and be healthy. Uh, if you are a marginalized person, you have to engage. Um, you can take time for self-care, which is necessary, but you have to engage with people in either conversations, practice, whether it's like activism around voting, around uh, reading and understanding the issues, around protesting. Make that stuff um, a regiment in your life. I wake up, I do meditation, I do stretching, I have my tea. I talked to a few people around the social issues. It's like, you gotta create a schedule for yourself right now because everything is against us. Everything is always against us when it comes to like being black and brown people, honestly, in my opinion, I'm all like, there's, there's no way that they thought we'd survive with all of the systems that are in place, right? right? So in my opinion, I'm all like, we have to know that we have to set ourselves up for success. It's our responsibility to set up the schedule that's going to help us feel healthy. I just started paying for therapy. I reached out to my church and asked them, can you help me pay for that? Because yeah. I know I need, with the amount of stuff that's happening to me, I knew that I was missing a, a self-care regimen um, that was for the caliber of the junk I'm going through right now. Because yes. I could have easily gone online and done my self-care therapy on text messaging, but I was all like, nope. I need to reach out. So if we can be honest with ourselves about like the things that we need and the things that we deserve as black and brown people who are marginalized, who may be vulnerable to substance use and misuse at this time, we have to be, like I said, honest and tell ourselves, look, you wake up this morning and make sure you set yourself up for success. Otherwise your day is gonna go downhill, then it's gonna be the week, then it's gonna be the month, and then you're like gone. And yes. you haven't reached out to anyone and no one's going to be able to pick. Sometimes people will come and pick you up in the midst of it, but you got to set yourself up for it. So I tell all my movers, start your day off with some meditation, center yourself, get your hour of work done, make sure you're eating. Like all of those things are so necessary. And if you need a mentor in that, you can reach out to move. You can reach out to WEPA. We're like extremely interested in making sure people stay healthy and feel edified. Yes. Um, and that's where I would be at that, you know? And then also know that this is the generation that's gonna flip the tables. We yes. are like, we, there's also hope that when you do that every day and you set yourself up for success and you're in participating in the movement, this will be the civil rights movement that shifts us at least one new step forward. Correct. So like, don't, don't be like sad that like, oh, I don't know if work is gonna happen, if it's gonna actually change. It will, because they just mess with the wrong generation. Yeah, that's right you know that's right that's right well thank you thank you marissa you laughing marissa is, is... she's my best friend she's funny i <laughs> yeah, think she's, she's so funny. <laughs> i think she's so funny 
Well, you know what? We needed a good laugh and we needed a perspective. And look, we're not alone. Um, that's the beautiful thing. We have many themes here. We have the, um, the climate in the country, racial divide, addiction, harm reduction, health, art, life, um, service. So we're doing it all. And ladies and gentlemen, I, I ladies, I just want to say, I want you, I want to probably do some more episodes with you guys. Maybe you could come on. Um, Nicole, uh, Marissa, I was saying, I would think maybe we could bring on some, maybe some young kids and they could display their art. You always have a home at the Sober's Dope Podcast. My audience is permanently yours. Um, you could you can send me ads, send me anything you want. You guys are home. And um, and anything that we could do to help um, WEPA um, um, and the movement and the, the move company, let me know. And um, you, we, I have, you have all my support. I love you ladies. I think you're, mirac- you. you're, you. mirac- you're miraculous. So let, before you go, let um, anyone know where they can find you guys, um, your companies, your web handles, any information you want to know, or any plugs or anything. Sure thing. Marissa, you go first with WEPA. Yeah, WEPA on Instagram. Um, you can find everything through our Instagram. It's at jubilant, J-U-B-I-L-A-N-T, WEPA, W-E-P-A. PA. So that's at Jubilant Weppa. Yeah. And then proud uh, to be a mover is us. So it's proud at proud. Then the number two and the letter B, a mover. And that's all Instagram. Um, and those are our two Instagram handles that I think are the most, the highly functioning places that people can engage with us. They can also uh, find us at proudtobeamover.com on just the regular Google. Throw it in there. Um, but yeah, I think that we're just so proud of you too. Thank and you. we're excited to uplift you and this work and your community that you've developed. We're all doing very similar things and we're so necessary in society um, that I'm just so happy that you said that we're home because uh, I really feel like we are. And yes. I want you to feel like the same with us, okay? Thank you. Thank you. So ladies, enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much for adding so much value to me. Marissa, thank you for your courage, your transformation. Um, you are God sent and remember that and never go at it alone again. Always hit me up, you know, forever. I don't care if it's five in the morning, if you're struggling, we could work anything out together, right? So yeah. God bless you. Um, and Nicole, keep up the good work. You are our new mother. And that's, we mean that in the most beautiful way as possible. You're God sent. And I love you all. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan, and I'll catch you guys on the other side. Yo, we in the building. Live your best life, Pop Buchanan. Gotta open that heart up, transform yourself. No fear, no anxiety. At Monk Healing, what up Monk Healing, meditate and get healthy, with good vibes only levitate and get wealthy, I motivate, since love's my catharsis, I love to inspire all the dreams and the artists, yeah, five years sober, no more brandy, used to lead with the cobra, no more beef, used to lead with the toaster, brand new vegan, no corpse in the smoke, it's okay. And it's all about love, nurture the masses, no hate in the blood That fear is a liar, and stress is a bug All I hear is Messiah, and the rest is arrested, invested Sober is dope, follow the movement while we jumping off the boat And walking on water, love God like his daughters And the dream that I bought her was my heart and my hope and my hope 
I'm Pop Buchanan. I do it for my pops and the love of Buchanan's. Rest in peace to my pop. He's a king in a mansion. I do it for the dream and a hope for expansion. Expansion. I'm born with a miracle, almost died twice for my death was a spiritual awakening, awakening, my soul is awakening forever, forever, ever, forever, ever.